Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. I am Dave Gasper, joined as always by Matt Carroll. We are the editors at ReviewingTheBrew.com. You guys know that. You guys have been with us for a while. If you're new here, welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh, we are fans of uh, Corbin Burns' contract extensions, even though they won't happen. <laughs> as we discussed plenty in detail uh, last week. If you want to, to get all the uh, fire and venom uh, from the Corbin Burns situation... Uh, you can find that on last week's uh, episode. Um, this week, we've got a new thing to be fire and venom about, the Willie Adamas contract situation, <laughs> among yeah. other things. But uh, there's been a lot of news going on. Spring training has unfolded. It is it is happening. Pitchers and catchers have reported. Position players have reported. And, Matt, we are not far away from our first Cactus League game. It's coming up on Saturday right here. Holy getting there. It's baseball season, I'm telling you people. Uh, and this Brews is still making moves, though, so we'll have some of that to talk about because that, that roster isn't set until, well, let's be honest, the roster is never set because it evolves throughout the season, too. But, uh, yeah, we've got some new blood. We've got some injured blood. Uh, and we've yeah. got some non-extended blood. So, got a lot to cover. Yes. yes, plenty of plenty of diversity, plenty of uh, bases covered with, with the blood. Um, the, although hopefully there's not too much actual bleeding going on uh, anywhere, but uh, the injuries have been piling up before games have even started. It started with Aaron Ashby. Uh, he's out until at least the middle of May uh, with a shoulder fatigue, labor, labral tear impingement type thing. He got a PRP injection. He's going to be trying to uh, come back from that relatively quickly. And then Jason Alexander is hurt. Uh, he's got shoulder fatigue himself, uh, so he's going to be out for a while. Tyrone Taylor has a sprained elbow or something like that. He's got something wrong with his elbow. There's no structural damage, um, but he is going to uh, be slow to ramp up uh, for about two weeks. And uh, But he shouldn't miss opening day as of right now, but uh, who knows, but... Um, Matt, the Tyrone Taylor injury, that does change a few things with that outfield picture, potentially, at least in the first few weeks of spring training here. Uh, it's going to give a lot more opportunities to guys like um, uh, Blake Perkins and uh, I would say Sal Freelich, but he's playing on Team Italy. Uh, but then guys like Joey Weimer, uh, Tyler Naquin, um, uh, another uh, addition that was just made. We'll get more into that in a bit. But uh, the Tyrone Taylor uh, injury news, you know, that this is a big year for Taylor. And starting it, starting it off, you know, even even though it's a relatively minor injury, it's not a great way to start 2023. No, it's not. Um, he, uh, we talked about him being a potential, could he be a non-tender candidate? Could he be a trade candidate? Like, what are the Brewers going to do with him, considering he just, he, he's never quite lived up to what they hoped he would do in terms of performance. Um, so this is kind of an important year. Can he secure, you know, right field possibly with uh, really no incumbent there uh, besides him? Winker's probably going to play a majority of designated hitter. Um, you've got fans wanting Sal Freelick. Um, you've got a player the Brewers just signed who actually could is on a minor league deal. We'll get to him. Um, but could provide some very quick uh, major league depth there. 
Um, and then you've got Blake Perkins, who's kind of just a depth piece in general. But the Brewers have all kinds of reasons to say, you know what, we're ready to move on if he doesn't come out this spring and say, hey, don't forget about me. I've still got a little bit left to prove here. Um, and being behind for two weeks is definitely not going to help his case. No, it certainly isn't. And I mean, this is, you know, valuable time, even though it's early in spring training. I mean, the, the starters play like four innings. Um, they, they get like one or two at bats um, in, in the first part of spring training. And, you know, I mean, it, it's still some time to, to get out there, but this is going to give a lot of other guys uh, some looks, you know, that we're going to be seeing playing a bit more in these early Cactus League games as everyone's ramping up towards the season. I don't think Taylor's roster spot is in jeopardy at the moment, you know, unless he, you know, has to go on the IL, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be necessary with no structural damage. Um, It's just, you know, an unfortunate way to start the spring for him. And, you know, I mean, it's just going to give some extra reps to to those other guys that are going to be battling to, to take his spot in the near future. We may see a bit more Joey Weimer, in Cactus League games at, at camp, um, we, we may see some more Blake Perkins, you know. And I mean, Weimer's the one who really would be pushing Taylor off his spot, you yeah. know. It, you know, if Tyrone Taylor struggles, they're not going to push him aside for Blake Perkins. Right. They'd push him aside for for Joey Weimer, though. Um, I mean, Tyrone's got some pop. Um, he hasn't really seen the the you know hit tool come around too much at the big league level and just hasn't been able to lock down that starting job. He's, you know, he's got the the right field job for now on paper, but especially with the addition of, of Brian Anderson, who can play some right field, uh, you got Weimer coming up and then the Tyler Naquin signing, you know, there's, there's all sorts of guys swimming around ready to take that uh, right field job from him. He's got it currently, but it's it's a very uh, loose grip on that job. Yeah, and he does have the uh, positive that he is essentially the incumbent at this point. Um, the Brewers do like guys that they're already familiar with, and so you know he'll get a little bit of benefit of the doubt just because of that. Um, so as long as after a couple weeks he comes back and can kind of, you know, look like himself, maybe it'll be fine for him. But if that injury lingers and he doesn't get any chance to, you know, like get any games or only a few or anything like that, like I know you have players who can be injured in spring training and still make the team or only end up playing a few games and still make the team. That's fine. But they're probably people who are way more secure in their position who don't have as many people, you know, fighting for that spot with them like Tyrone Taylor does. So he's just, he's in that unique position where, like, he needs that time to prove that, like, I'm the guy you want to go with. Um, And yeah, he's got the advantage of having been there for a few years, but if he doesn't end up playing much in spring training, then how much does that advantage fully end up helping him? I don't know. Yeah, and it's you know it's spring training. Everyone's everyone's battling for a spot, and you know everyone's looking to. I mean, Taylor has one, but you got a whole bunch of guys that are hungry to to claim a spot, and and they'd end up claiming his. And uh, you know, 
Okay, we, we've mentioned it in passing enough here. Let, let's get into Tyler Naquin. The Brewers signed Tyler mm-hmm. Naquin to uh, a minor league deal with an invite to big league camp. He's a veteran of seven big league seasons, played a lot of right field last year. You know, has had kind of some ups and downs to his career, had a really good rookie season, uh, has had two above average seasons since then. He's had a couple of below average seasons, uh, struggled last year after getting traded to the Mets from Cincinnati. But, you know, overall, he has been an exactly league average hitter for his career. He's got a 100 OPS plus and he's got some pop. Um, he hit 19 homers in uh, 2021, I believe, uh, with Cincinnati Reds in the Great American Small Park. And, mm-hmm. you know, he could he has a legitimate chance to actually get a big league job here. Um, you know, that outfield, you know, is very unsettled at the moment. I mean, you got Yelich in left field, center field. It's looking like Garrett Mitchell. But, you know, again, he doesn't have a lot of um, experience at the big league level. He got some last year, uh, and he's certainly the front runner for the center field job. But, you know, could he need could he need some more development time? Maybe, maybe not. We shall see. And then right field, you know, with Hunter Renfro gone, yeah, it's there, there, there's no everyday option out there. You got Taylor, you got Brian Anderson who can play out there a bunch. Um, you know, then you got some prospects and then you got Tyler Naquin. Right. And you, you dig a little bit farther into his profile. And one thing he does uh, have in his favor as well, kind of similar to Tyrone Taylor, um, is that he can play multiple positions in the outfield. He has played nearly as many games at center as he has at right. So that gives him uh, a little bit of backup potential even uh, at center field, uh, just in case for Garrett Mitchell, which is probably what you're going to do with Tyron Taylor as well. Been around the block for a little bit longer. Um, he is thir- 31 or 32. 31. He will be turning 32 uh, in a couple months, actually. So um, he's been at it for a bit longer. Has had a few really solid seasons there. He has two seasons with an OPS over 800 and a third season that was awfully close. Uh, that was uh, 2016 and 19 with Cleveland. And then that 2021 season you mentioned with Cincinnati. Um, yeah, uh, he has double digit home runs in th- four seasons, actually, including last year uh, where he finished with a 93 OPS plus. So again, right close to, League average. Um, yeah, he. I, I can entirely envision a scenario in which he wins out that spot, especially if Tyron Taylor, you know, that injury lasts a little bit longer. And Taylor has had all these chances, all these chances, especially last year, to show the Brewers that he can be that guy. Once once Kane got DFA'd, that was, that was the spot for him to show. And he was still, like, fighting off Jonathan Davis, basically, for playing time in center field. Like, if that, if, like, anything says that the Brewers just, like, still aren't 100%, like, yeah, you're our guy, we're going to stick with you. I mean, it's that. And then Garrett Mitchell being promoted. Like, you got to give him some time now, too, because, like, you might as well, because Taylor just isn't cutting it. So, um, Naquin... It, definitely an interesting pickup. Um, I had, I kind of sort of mentioned it in a possibility of some signings of one 
article about uh, were the Brewers still going to sign a right fielder and threw his name out there. And, hey, Brewers got him. So what do you know? I didn't Pat yourself on the back, Matt. It was well one done. sentence, so I'm not going to take a ton of credit. But we 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 kind of semi called one for the site there a little bit ish. Not really, whatever. Um, yeah, the with with some of his history, I don't think it's uh, crazy at all to think that Naquin could win this out. He has had um, one season only in which he had a WAR uh, below zero. So mm. more often than not, he ends up putting up pretty good seasons. Yeah, and he can be a productive player. Plenty of experience at the big league level, versatility in the outfield. Um, and uh, and Matt called it, sort of, semi. <laughs> uh, Matt Arnold is a is a big fan of reviewing the brew, clearly, um, and, and reads uh, what, what, what we write. Um, well, not everything, because he clearly hasn't read the portion where we say that they should extend Corbin Burns and extend Willie Adamas and extend Brandon Woodruff. The, he hasn't listened to that part quite yet, but... Uh, yeah. You know, one thing at a time, I guess. I mean, it listen like I I wrote an article saying that we should pick up Boone Logan. And sure enough, they did, and I mean that didn't entirely work out that well. But hey, they did it. <laughs> we we get the crapshoot kind of right every once in a while. Yeah, every so. once in a while, there there's something you know that, that we can pick up. We had someone mention uh, Narvaez as a trade target before that happened as well. Yes. Yeah. Oh, sometimes. Omar Narvaez, and I think we had someone the year before. Uh, I, I remember calling uh, Mike Moustakis uh, coming back for, for um, 2019. Uh, just like, hey, you know, if it gets later in the offseason, he doesn't get signed. Probably about one year, $10 million, just bring him back. And uh, sure enough, got late in the offseason, no one signed him. Brewers brought him back one year, $10 million. So Boom. I will I will take that one. Hell yeah. As, as my credit, so. You can look up the receipts on that one. <laughs> so, <laughs> not lying. All right. Anyways, uh, Tyler Naquin was not the only uh, non-roster invite that was signed to a minor league deal with uh, plenty of big league experience this past week. Luke Voigt is in a Brewers uniform. And, man, the Brewers love their beefy boys at first base. <laughs> they really do. Luke Voigt has been a Brewer. Like, he's been rumored as a Brewers trade target for a couple years now. Uh, even going back to when the Yankees were trying to to trade him and get rid of him because they picked up Anthony Rizzo. Everyone's like, oh, you know, his bats and uh, his home runs, like left-handed power, like he would um, – or is he right-handed? Uh, no, he's he's right-handed. right-handed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, but still, like power bats, first base, DH type, perfect for what the Brewers need. The Brewers are, you know, poorly considering, you know, trading for him and – this is back when the Yankees had like a high price on him. It's like it was actually going to cost you something. And sure enough, then he ends up getting traded to the Padres. Brewers don't get him. And he has a down-ish, okay-ish year uh, with, with the Padres and then ends up getting traded to the Nationals because Eric Hosmer said, screw that. I don't want to go to the Nationals. So <laughs> they, they had to send him over there. Uh, so then Voight hits free agency, and he's kind of forgotten about you know, he, he really wasn't talking about much at all this offseason. Um, and now, he, I mean, he ends up, I mean, he's got several big league seasons um, under his belt. And he has been a proven hitter uh, at the big league level. And he comes in on a minor league deal with a non-roster invite. And Matt, I really like his chances of making the team. 
Yeah, same here. Great signing. Two guys that... Uh, I like both their chances, to be honest. Absolutely. Both, both him and Naquin. It's been crazy to see these last couple years, um, the the quality guys who end up taking minor league deals towards the end of the offseason because basically everyone's rosters end up getting set. Um, these are two guys that I wouldn't have, like at the beginning of the offseason, would not have pegged for minor league deals. Um, Voigt even more so over um, Naquin. Like Luke Voigt has... 20-plus uh, home runs in each of his last three seasons, including 2020, which was only a 60-game season, uh, where he was the AL home run leader, uh, ended up getting MVP votes that year, had an OPS just shy of 1,000. Um, like, that dude can friggin' hit. Um, yeah. And he he plays first base in DH. He is not a good first baseman. Um, I looked up his defensive stats, and he has a negative 26 defensive runs saved at first base for his career. Mm. Um, so Not he's good, H-type guy, for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he, can, he can hit. He gets home runs. Um, even, like, in his down years, he is, you know, last year he hit 226. Not great. 308 on base percentage. Not great. Like, I get it. He still ended up pulling out a 710 OPS. So... Two homers and uh, 22 doubles. But Matt, what what you're describing here? Ooh, right-handed hitter. Yep. With power. Yep. That's a poor defender. Yep. That's limited to first base mm-hmm. slash DH type mm-hmm. responsibilities. It sounds to me a lot like what Keston Hira brings to the Brewers. Little but bit. there's a big difference here, and that Luke Voigt is a proven big league hitter. He has, yeah. had, he has had a proven track record of success at the big league level. Keston Hira does not. He had a really good rookie season that was underlined by a 30% strikeout rate, and his strikeout rate has continued to skyrocket over the past couple of years, and his offensive numbers have, have ticked down. Luke Voigt has had several years of success, and he does not strike out 40% of the time. I think he still strikes out a decent amount. Matt, you can look up the, the numbers there. Yeah. It's still a decent amount, but it's not 40, 42%, whatever Keston Hero was at last season. Right. No, his last two years, right. It, it definitely not. He's not at Keston Hero levels at all. His last two seasons were um, 31.5% strikeouts last year, 307 the year before. So his is going up a little bit too. But I mean, we yeah, see. Yeah, but, but, but like you'll take that. You, right. You'll That's take that the, with, with yeah. the power and whatever else, especially on a, on a minor league deal, non roster invite. Versus Hira, who gives you essentially the same profile, but less power, fewer home runs, less overall hitting ability, and more strikeouts. So you, you still kind of raise the bar offensively by going from Keston Hira to Luke Voigt. And I think the Luke Voigt signing does spell a lot of trouble for Keston Hira in his chances to make the roster because he's out of options. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it seems like this has been le- leaning towards a divorce all off season between the two sides, the Brewers and Hira. And now they have like like John Singleton, like, OK, you're bringing him up. But like he didn't really seem like, uh, you know, someone who would really push Keston Hira out of the job. Luke Voigt could. Mm-hmm. Luke Voigt could easily push Keston Hira out of a job on the Brewers roster. 
Yeah, and the, those minor league options are, that's a good point, because Luke Voigt has them, and isn't oh. to his, he's got two, actually, minor league options left, and isn't to his five years of service time yet. He's at uh, 4.1 years of service time. 4.1 what? Because, like, those points are, like, number of days. Got it. I mean, 4.169 is his. Oh, he's uh, close. He is close. But he's he not is very yet. close to five years of service. But could potentially, I mean. But you could start the season with him. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But also, <laughs> would you put Luke Voigt down in the minors to keep Keston Hira on the big league roster? I wouldn't. No, no I, don't, I wouldn't either because then, like, who are you taking off the roster? I mean, I guess. No, because Singleton was signed back to a minor league. So he's not on the 40 anymore. Yeah, um, yeah it, you've got a bunch of those other infielders who kind of have the like flexibility that the Brewers want them for. Um, so are you going to take one of those out just to option Luke Voigt? I don't think so. I think at this point, yeah, if I, I think if Luke Voigt does make the roster and get optioned, it's because they're also deciding to move on from Kesson Hira. Like, I think those. But, but also, if you're moving on from Kesson Hira, there's no reason to option Luke Voigt. True. No, because you like, want like to they they, they have the ability to, but mm-hmm. I don't see them doing it. I, I don't see Luke Voigt and Keston Hira being compatible on the same roster. I, I, I just I just don't see any way they both stick around. Mm-hmm. You know, like obviously everything is going to depend on spring training. If Luke Voigt has a terrible spring and Keston Hira has a fantastic spring, they'll probably just roll with Keston Hira and and hope that hot bat continues and he's finally found it after three years. Yeah. But if Keston Hira just kind of is what Keston Hira has been for the past couple of years and Luke Voigt does some damage in spring training, I think they end up almost having to go with Voigt. Right. Well, one thing I was hoping, <clears throat> and I looked it up here, is that, you know, we, we've wanted, the Brewers have wanted Hira to be this platoon partner for with Telez, the problem being that he doesn't hit the splits that he's supposed to as mm-hmm. right-handed batter right. doesn't actually hit lefties. So thought, hey, let's look up Voigt and his splits, and maybe that would be another thing in his favor. If he can hit lefties, that gives him yet another leg up on Hira in that situation. Well, he actually has a little bit of reverse splits. Um, he hits righties better than lefties. He, he's not horrible, horrible against lefties like Hira is. Now, this is for his career, also, um, let's take a look, actually, at just last season in general. Um, he has a career 236 average against lefties, and it was like 268, I think, against righties. So um, he is better. But last season, as the page loads, he has gotten better. He was actually pretty even. Uh, oh, no, never mind. I was looking at on-base percentage. Now he's pretty bad against lefties last year. So... Does not solve that problem, unfortunately. I mean, on base percentage. I mean, you know, if he's if they're if he's even there, um, well, what about OPS? Like, forget batting average. What about OPS? Now, uh, five sixty nine against lefties last year, seven sixty seven mm-hmm. against righties. So quite a big disparity. Um, yeah. He had twenty of his twenty two home runs against righties. Right. I mean, he also probably does face a lot more. I mean, there are a lot more righties out there. there are. So. Yep. You know, that, that's also part of it. But, yeah, I mean, even with reverse splits, 
um, just with his experience as a big league hitter. Like even even in a platoon, like you don't even have to platoon Telez. I don't think. I mean, just looking at Telez's numbers, he's pretty good both ways. Um, so I don't even think he needs a platoon. If and so, I if, mean, if Telez bounces back against the shift like people are expecting to, you're not going to want to platoon him. Right, exactly. Just keep him in there every single day. And plus, Telez is a better defender than Luke Voigt at first base anyways. Yep. So, 100%. you know, if anything, like if you want to find a way to platoon him with Winker, I don't know, or, or whatever, at DH, like yeah. I, don't even know if, I don't even know if Winker would need a platoon, especially if he bounces back the way everyone's expecting him to. Right. But, I mean, Luke Voigt can be a guy that you can bring in, you know, off the bench or whatever. Like you need a big hit, bring up Luke Voigt. You know, like, like he can just – there, there's a role that he can fill, and it's the same role that Keston Hira currently has, but Voigt could probably fill it a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't be disappointed. I mean, I'd be disappointed just because we all wanted Hira to I'd be disappointed. Yeah, I'd, I'd only be disappointed because Keston didn't work out. You yeah. know, like, like I wouldn't be disappointed that, that Voigt made the team or anything like that, but Hira... Hero's been a disappointment. He's been a disappointment for three years. I mean, there, there's really kind of no way around it at this point. Right. Right. So if that's what ends up happening, it's going to be because it's for the good of the team. And it's going to be that it puts them in a better position to provide offense, generate offense, let's say, um, which is something that, would, as we all know, Brewers fans have been frustrated with, especially that timely offense. Um, yeah. We'll see. That'll be an interesting battle to watch, just like the um, Tyrone Taylor right field battle with Naquin and and others. Yeah, it, it's going to be it's shaping up to be a very, very fun spring training. And uh, speaking of frustrating things uh, regarding the Brewers in recent years, Willie Adamas mm-hmm. uh, has spoken about uh, his contract status. He talked with uh couple of Brewers reporters uh, at spring training about that. And, um, Matt, things did not sound positive. I mean, we, we talked last week. You know, we got the whole situation with Corbin Burns and the organization, you know, just kind of ripping him in, in arbitration um, and the relationship being damaged between the two sides. Uh, apparently, it seems like uh, they Matt Arnold and Corbin Burns met together to bury the hatchet, and it wasn't into one another's skulls, so <laughs> that's a positive there. Um, and they've cleared the air and are moving forward, but you know, still, as much as you may clear the air, damage may still have been done. Uh, and then we get to Willie Adamas, who has been extremely vocal about his desire for a long-term contract extension in Milwaukee. He wants to stay. He's a star player. He's a star shortstop. He wants to stay. Um, he had some conversations with the Brewers about an extension, and then, you know, nothing else really happened on that front over the over the course of the offseason. And now, Matt, we get these comments from Adamus at spring training where he says, I wish I could stay here. So if you look at all the other guys, you know, in the free agent market, Dansby Swanson, Carlos Correa, um, you know, all the free agent shortstops that set a super high bar. He's like, these guys set a super high bar for for the rest of us, you know, for the rest of the young shortstops coming up, uh, which is great for us, great great for the market and everything. I wish I could stay here. I love the I love the fans. I love my teammates. I, I love the organization. I wish I could stay. But we'll just let the I'll let my agency handle all that stuff, and uh, I just got to go out there and play and see what happens. 
Matt, I wish I could stay. Sounds a whole lot like he knows he damn well ain't staying. Yeah, why else do you say that? Why else do you word it the way that he words it? Like, it's, you can say, I want to resign. That's one thing. That constantly saying, I wish I could stay here, like, to have to keep repeating it feels like, yeah, you know, that writing's on the wall. And when the first contract went down for shortstops, which was the Trey Turner one, um, I had written a piece about it, talking about how this, you know, that contract, like the way that was starting things in the offseason for shortstops was going to mean quite a bit when it came to the Brewers' abilities to sign Adamus long-term. And I had people call me out and say, are you seriously comparing Adamus to Trey Turner? No, not comparing him to Trey Turner, comparing it to the market. Because you Mm -hmm. have to set the market, and then that determines it might not be as much, but it might mean that a guy like Adamus is going to end up commanding significantly more than fans were hoping. And then, like you said, the Correa one came in, the Swanson one came in, um, the Bogarts one Mm -hmm. came in. All these shortstops started getting these insanely lucrative deals. And and then the third Correa deal came in. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, right. Correa, and then Correa, and then Correa. Um, Adamus is, you know, somewhere in that next tier, and so he's going to make less than them, but he's still going to make a lot. And, yeah, like, see, I'm sure he, you know, is fully aware of not only his own status, but his teammates' statuses when it comes to uh, extension situations like Burns, like Woodruff and whatnot. And, you know, he he's probably got an idea of what the Brewers are willing to fork out. So, yeah, it, it's I guess it's not surprising. Like, it, I think we've we've all been holding out hope that because he's an offensive player, that he's not a starting pitcher, that like maybe he'd be the one guy that he wants that, to stay here. Yeah, yeah. He wants to stay here, that maybe he'd be the one guy that the Brewers could like have a hope and a prayer of extending. But then the more you hear that, like it's, yeah, I think we all had hope. And unfortunately, that hope is gone. Not, it's not, it's not 0%, but it's a, it's a very low percent. I think we, we should all come to realize now that the Brewers end up extending him. My hope's at 0% for him. I mean, the, the, the way he worded it, you know, I wish I could stay here. You know, it's it's not just a you know a translation thing. You know, it's he he knows it's it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you're talking about the market that that those guys are setting and how great it is for you guys as shortstops. You know, even with wanting to stay, like maybe he could accept a little bit of a discount to return to the Brewers, but. With what the Brewers are likely willing to pay slash afford, I mean, we could have a whole different debate on afford versus, you know, being what they're willing to do. Um, And and what he's likely to command on the free agent market, like you'd be looking at a discount of like $100 million, Mm -hmm. probably, of what the Brewers would be willing to pay him and what other teams would be willing to pay him. And Adamus just simply cannot accept a hundred million dollar discount just right. to stay in Milwaukee. You know, he, he's not because that would just depress the rest of the shortstop market. Exactly. Uh, if he did that, and and he's not going to do that. 
So especially with, I mean, he's going to be entering free agency in a pretty weak class for shortstops. The only other elite-ish level shortstop uh, that's entering free agency in 2024 is Tim Anderson of the White Sox. Mm -hmm. And I just saw this article today from MLB Trade Rumors, Tim Anderson hoping for extension talks with White Sox. (laughs) Yeah, well, aren't we all, buddy? Uh, But but also, like, if Tim Anderson gets an extension done with the White Sox, that takes him off the market. And then Adamas is the only elite shortstop going out there. And if you're the only guy playing a premium position at a high level, you're going to get a lot of teams wanting you. And they are going to, and you're going to get a bidding war, and it is one that the Brewers will not win. No, definitely not. Um, someone will end up overpaying and throwing out that money to end up getting him, and the players' union will be happy, his agents will be happy. That's the other part about. And like, Brewers fans will be sad. Brewers fans will be sad, but that's the other part about like hometown discounts, like. Players union and agents are not generally fond on players doing that because that hurts other players in their negotiations. Uh, teams can See say, Freddie you know, this guy, right. This guy ended up taking a, a, a discount. Why won't you? Um, yeah. Peralta, you know, just a different animal when it came to his extension. He, he wanted to get it done. He, he pushed when, when that was out there, he wanted to stay. He wanted that extension. He said, you, you know, I, I just wanted the financial security. Right. So. And, and that's that's the thing with with a lot of the um, the Latin players, the, a lot of the international players. A lot of them come from very poor neighborhoods um, and very poor countries. And you offer them like here's a guaranteed 15 million dollars that you can set up yourself and your entire family for the rest of your life. And it's it's hard for them to pass that up on the promise and the hope that maybe you could get a few more million dollars down the line. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just it's just different uh, for them. It's just different than their mentality and, and their approach to extensions like that. And, you know, especially when you get to those guys early, when they're like much closer to free agency, much closer to that big payday, um, it's it's a lot different. You know, for Adamus, it's it's much easier. I mean, he's already made you know plenty of money. He's he's already made several million dollars playing baseball, uh, and he was a I believe a relatively he got a relatively big signing bonus uh, coming out anyways. You know, Freddie Peralta did not get a big right. signing bonus, and then you're two years away from free agency. Freddie Peralta was like what five six years away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a longer wait for him. Adamus, not so much. It's it's right there. He's already got plenty. I mean, get your worth, man. And it's it's just it's such a shame as a Brewers fan because you have a star shortstop here that wants to be in Milwaukee. He wants to stay. He wants a long term extension. He he loves the city. He loves the fans. He wants to be here. And the Brewers won't pay him. They aren't able to or they aren't willing to, whatever it is, they won't pay to keep a star shortstop that wants to stay here. The best shortstop that they have had since Robin Yount. We've gone over the we we went over this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. Like 
There has not been as good of a shortstop in Milwaukee since Robin Yount was moved off the position in the 80s. They haven't had back-to-back seasons of, what was it, three-and-a-half war or something like, like that at the position since. Best player at the position that you have had in 40 years, and you won't pay him, won't keep him around. And now you're going to have to try to search to find another one. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be Bryce Terang? Is it going to be Eric Brown? Is it going to be whatever other shortstop in the system that you currently have? Is it going to be someone else from, from outside the organization? Who knows? Are we going to bring Uni B out of retirement? That's always a possibility. <laughs> oh, man. And, like, your last search took you 40 years to find another elite shortstop. What makes you think you can just find another one just like that? You, you let Adamus walk, and, oh, we can just find another elite shortstop somewhere. It's not that easy. Right. Even even having some of these, you know, younger guys with potential, you know, starting with Terang because he's actually, you know, at that level of breaking into the majors. Like, are, are we expecting, even if Bryce Terang hits his ceiling, is his ceiling Willie Adamus level? No, he doesn't have the power. No, exactly. Like it's gotten better, but it's not Willie Adamas level. So he's I not going to. Bryce Trang is not going to hit 30 homers a season. No, he's not. 100. percent Um. So I like. So even if you're saying that like one of these young shortstops might work out and it might work out well, that's great. But it's not going to work out to Willie Adamas level. So now you still have to get the rest of that production elsewhere in the future at some point, or. You could assign Willie Adamas, and yes, that's going to eat in your payroll quite a bit. Um, you've got him and Yelich at that point. Maybe you end up, you know, depending on what he does this year, and it sounds like he's in a good spot. He had a good offseason, kind of, you know, approached it a little differently. But if he ends up being the same Christian Yelich that we've seen out of the last few years, maybe you have a all of a sudden a different future with him, a shorter future with him than you had before, like, you can still sign Adamus and figure out the rest down the road, I would think. Mm. But it's it just sounds like it, again from everything he said from that quote, it's he's realizing that his time might be limited here. I really wish it wasn't because again he seems like the one guy that like they maybe could figure it out with and would make the most sense if they did. Being an offensive player who impacts so many games mm-hmm. but it, they're not and then yeah then they're going to be it's no matter how you shake it they're going to be set back when they move from Adamas to whoever they move to after that whether it's Terang whether it's they move Urias back to shortstop whether it's Eric Brown Jr. someday Eduardo Garcia someday like some of these shortstops that they have in the system um it I just don't see any any scenario where that's not a step down from Willie Adamas, and that speaks to his talent level, which is why he's going to make the amount of money he's going to make, let's be honest. Yeah, and he deserves to make it. And, yeah, it's just it's just a shame that they weren't able to, to come to this and, and get it together. I mean, who knows? Maybe if they'd approached him about it last offseason, um, after his first year in Milwaukee, maybe they could have gotten something done. And, you know, at something closer to a palatable 
price range, you know, before this crop of, of free agents signed um, to just blow up the market and, and just rise it way out of their their depth. But it's it's just such a tough situation for him. And, you know, he's just going to probably end up joining the list of, of previous Brewer star players who ended up leaving for, for bigger money because the team couldn't afford him. I mean, Prince Fielder, he left big money. CC Sabathia said he loved it here. He wanted to stay. Brewers couldn't Brewer, Brewers couldn't match what the Yankees offered him. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they would have had to he would have needed another hundred million dollar discount to to stay here. Yeah. And he wasn't gonna do that. So he's just joining the list. And and it's a shame and, and it always sucks when you see those guys leave, but you know yeah, this is two weeks in a row of just depressingness on the podcast. <laughs> like, we're just we're just eliminating the extension candidates one by one. Who knows? Next yeah. week we'll probably talk about Brandon Woodruff all of a sudden being off the list for an extension. Yeah. He he's the only one left now. He is. I mean, Adamas it, it seems like is out for an extension. He's he's admitting as such. Corbin Burns, well that that ship has sailed. Brandon Woodruff, I mean, he's been relatively quiet. Um, He hasn't said anything negative about the organization. Um, He hasn't said, oh, I wish I could stay. But with the market uh, and all those guys doing great things for us, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. You know, so maybe there's a chance. Maybe there's some hope for a Brandon Woodruff extension. You know, like I'd I'd be good with that. You know, I think I think you got to sign one of the three. Burns is out. Doms is out. You're. You're down to one guy left. Mm-hmm. It It's interesting that we haven't heard from him, and maybe it's just because the media hasn't gotten around to asking him about his situation because Burns is your ace, and obviously you're curious about him first, and then you've got the arbitration drama that adds to it, and then Adamus, you know, you had his quotes because he was at the fan event, um, and then they get to talk to him a little bit here. Maybe they're working their way to Woodruff and asking him about it. Maybe Woodruff isn't talking about it because that's just not his thing. Or maybe they're working like, on something. Maybe they are, and maybe they're working maybe. on something. The Brewers operate in secrecy with these things. We didn't know about Yelich's contract extension until all of a sudden it was done. Yep. So, you know, they, they keep that quiet, so maybe he's not saying nothing. Maybe it's just maybe, – maybe, maybe next week they'll spring on us – a Brandon Woodruff contract extension. Who knows? Anything's possible, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, um, Pigs could also fly. It's <laughs> you, you never know what could happen. It would it would bring a lot of goodwill back uh, to the fan base from the fan Amen. base to the team if they managed to finally get one of these guys locked up. Yep. Yep. It would, but. Uh, yeah, they are rapidly ridding themselves of candidates here and uh, just kind of destroying the other situations here. So maybe that maybe that's a sign they're moving in the in the direction with Woodruff. Who knows? Maybe they're not. Uh, maybe it's just wishful thinking on my part. But they they're gonna have to do something because as we've talked about before, they can't get rid of all three, at least not at once. And they only really have one window to trade any of these guys, and that's next offseason. Because mm-hmm. they can't try the midseason crap again unless they completely fall out of it. Um, and, which, and, and if they completely fall out of it, 
Like, like say this year ends up being like 2015 and they just completely fall off the rails um, and they are completely out of it by July. Do you trade everyone? Do you trade Burns, Woodruff and Adamas all at the deadline for massive hauls for a year and a half of control because you're out of it one year? Like, right. could they pull that? I mean, that would that would directly fly in the face of everything they've told us about. Oh, this isn't a rebuild. We're not into rebuilding periods, um, anything like that. We're going to stay continually competitive. Well, you trade all three of those guys, and no one is buying that. Right, but this is also they're they're not going to rebuild in the situation where they're constantly being competitive. You get to a year where you're not competitive. Well, that all of a sudden changes things. But that would be very surprising if that happened. They're bringing back oh yeah, the the general base of the team that led them to be com- competing for that NL Central lead for most of last season. If you look at a lot of the projections, um, they're one, two with the Cardinals. There are a couple that have come out that have the Brewers projected to win the Central. I think Picota was one of them. And I thought I saw a second one, but I can't remember what it was. Um, but either way, their their chances to either win the NL Central or at the very least make the playoffs, same as last year. So it, it would be very surprising to see them just completely go off the rails. And if they did, then that might mean that big changes need to be made. So if if they're out of contention by trade deadline and they start making those types of moves, I mean... That's what teams who are out of contention do. And they yeah. kind of find a new way to try and get into a contention window. Yeah, but yeah, yeah again, I don't think they're going to completely fall off the rails here either. Um, but, you know, just as an interesting what if scenario, you know, if that happened, because, you know, Mark Atanasio's big thing is, you know, we don't want to do any sort of rebuilding period at all. You know, even, even in a down year, Um. You know, would they would they pull the trigger on that? Because if you do, you know it's a rebuild. There, mm-hmm. There's no way around it being a rebuild if you trade all three of those guys. Right. And you could probably trade one at most. Mm-hmm. You know, j- just with the timing of it. Like if you trade two of them in one off season, it's gonna it's gonna mark for everyone else. This is a rebuild. Mm-hmm. You know, you you are you are trading off your veterans with a year to go especially your core pieces here, it's a rebuild. So you could trade maybe one and still say, oh, we're trying to, you know, we're aiming to still be competitive this year with whatever pieces we got back. You have to get some big league ready pieces. But, you know, you you could maybe swing that argument if you trade just one of them. If you trade two, if you trade three, uh, it's it's full-blown rebuild. There's no way around it. So, you know, you can extend one, you could trade one, and let one walk, you know, if I had to guess right now, I'd say extend Woodruff because he's the only one left. If, if they're willing to pull the trigger on that trade burns as much as it pained me <laughs> to just say those two words. I was wondering if you actually would. Uh, uh, there's, there's a little sour taste in, in my mouth right now. It's, uh, I don't like it. Ah. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, so you could do that. Um, I think based on Burns's comments, that might be the road that we're heading down, uh, just with the relationship uh, with the team. And then they may have to let Adamus walk. 
keep mm-hmm. him at shortstop for two years because I mean, pff, what's the point in trading away an elite shortstop? You right. know, like you got you got nothing that can come down the line to replace an elite shortstop. At least with starting pitching, it's like okay, you got Freddie, uh, you, you still have Woodruff there. You know, if if you move uh, Corbin, you know, you still have quality pitching there where the staff isn't going to, I mean, it's going to suffer, but like, it'll still be a solid group shortstop. I mean, you trade an elite shortstop. That's there. There's no way to really rebound from that quickly. So you got to maybe keep him all the way through and, and just let him walk in free agency and get your comp pick. Yeah. I think that's, I, I would do the exact same three. If, if you had to do, all three of those options and spread them across the three, I, I would say the exact same. Um, yeah, I I keep thinking back to Woodruff and how intriguing it is that we haven't heard anything about it. And you know what? Maybe in a couple of days we'll hear um, the, you know, oh, the Brewers haven't approached me really. We haven't talked about extension and be like, okay, we're in I wish I could stay here. I wish I could stay. Uh, uh, and but maybe we won't. It, again, like you said, like Woodruff is. Uh, the Brewers should put that on a T-shirt, by the way. I just thought of that. Just, just make that. Just make that thing. I wish I could stay here. Like, as <laughs> a Brewers T-shirt. Like, oh, all these guys. Well, this is a great city. Everyone loves playing here, but no one can stay because we can't pay them. It's at least a little bit more uplifting than the fire mark. Uh, <laughs> sure. Sell the team mark. Concept, sell the team mark concept yeah. that I'm hearing about. Yeah, those are uh, those are interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's uh, just kind of more interesting contract situations uh, as we're here in spring training, getting things underway. Hopefully, uh, we can get some good news on on the Woodruff front, but. Yeah, you just, you never know. Um, I haven't seen anyone really kind of talk to Woodruff at all yet, Rosiak or McKelvey or any of the guys down there. So, you know, maybe he just hasn't been made available yet. Um, maybe he's just, you know, too busy doing his bullpens or whatnot. But, you know, they'll they'll probably get to him eventually. They'll, they'll get around to everybody. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I've seen a couple of good pieces come out from McKelvey um, and uh, General Sentinel recently about kind of, this is where we start getting these player profile stories that I, I'd love to read. Um, I haven't read the one that McKelvey just put out about Strezlecki, um, but he apparently has a really cool one. Um, uh, they touched base with Lucas Ursig again, who we kind of heard about last year and his battles uh, with addiction and trying to make his way back as a pitcher. Who well, That's one that I really hope works out this year. I would love to see him in the, on the roster at some point. I mean, I was glad he didn't get got get snagged in rule five. Um, but yeah, so they're kind of working through all these different stories and pieces and whatnot. And, you know, the solo interviews and, you know, Brandon Woodruff will be coming. He's it, everyone loves Woodruff. Uh, he, you know, the, the Mississippi boy usually has some, you know, some good stuff to say. Um, Hail state, baby. That's right. Speaking of hail state, uh, Brewers 2022 18th round pick, Durangelo Sainja. Look how that yes, worked I, out. <laughs> I believe that that's how that's pronounced. Uh, he is committed. He went to Mississippi State. The Brewers drafted him out of high school in Florida. 
He decided not to sign and uh, follow through on his commitment to Mississippi State. He got his first start uh, of the year this week and went viral on Twitter because Pitching Ninja found him. He's a switch pitcher. Mm-hmm. Throws with both arms. Throws like 98 miles an hour from the right side. Throws like 92, 93 from the left. Uh, just nasty stuff. Switch pitcher. Like, like, you don't see switch pitchers with that kind of velocity. The last switch pitcher, Pat Vendit, he topped out at like 85. Mm-hmm. All right. So to get a switch pitcher bumping 98, I mean, Jesus Christ. The Brewers drafted him, didn't sign him, and now he's gone viral and everyone's going to freaking know his name. And, um, man, I hope they get a chance to draft him again. But, man, th- it stings. To know that you could have had him. He was right there. And didn't get him. Yeah, I think he might go a little bit higher than the 18th round the next time around. Probably. Just a little bit. Barring just, just a bit. Some, barring freak injury. But that's crazy. I, I can't I can't remember who I saw say it on Twitter. That uh, Pat Vendette walked so that Gerangelo Sincha could run. Yes. Because, uh, yeah, this is just... This is obviously next level switch pitching. This is just insane. 92 and 97, Freeman uh, Pitching Ninja has him at. Like, what? Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, two um, different arms. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's, you don't see it mm-hmm. anywhere, ever. It, it's it's like Shohei Otani. You, no one does this. Yeah. Like, like, it shouldn't physically be possible to do that. And he's doing it, you know? So, yeah, you know, he'll be draft eligible next, I believe, in 2025. Uh, you know, if you go to a four-year school, you've you got to go three years at, at a four-year school before you draft eligible again. So, you know, you got some time. Um, but, you know, in that time, his uh, draft status has, you know, could skyrocket. And if it does... Well, the Brewers uh, may be fighting off a lot of people to try to sign him. Uh, hopefully, they're able to. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, he could forever be one of those uh, one-that-got-away type guys. You know, like, there are a lot of players that the Brewers drafted out of high school that, you know, they didn't sign. They went to college, and they rose their draft stock immensely, end up getting drafted either, you know, first round or, or whatever, uh, elsewhere and go on to be like star players. I, I believe the Brewers drafted Jake Arrieta. I think, um, like back out of back out of high school or something, and then the um, Orioles took him. The Brewers also drafted R.A. Dickey, I believe, uh, didn't sign him. So like, there's a number of players um, over the years where it's like we have we've identified this talent, we've drafted it. But you know it's late in the draft. You're taking a flyer. You know he's probably not going to sign, and, and he's going to head to college. But, you know, maybe. Maybe you can get it done. So you were right about Arietta. Um, yes. Rare player to have been drafted three times, actually. Oh. He was drafted out of high school by the Reds. The Brewers in the 31st round. The Brewers drafted him out of junior college in the 26th, and then he transferred to TCU, and then that's when the Orioles drafted him in the 5th. Ah. 
So yes, my yeah. obscure Brewers draft knowledge uh, comes into comes in to help me here. <laughs> yeah. What a crazy. Uh, I I that's I don't I actually don't remember seeing one that I've looked up that I'm sure it's happened. Um, the the that I've seen drafted three times. The Brewers did not draft R.A. Dickey actually. Um, though it was the Tigers first in the tenth round, and then the Rangers drafted him 18th overall in '96. The Brewers had him in the org at some point ah. after that, obviously. Um, yeah, I, I knew they had him. Yeah, yeah. I, he I just figured, you know, if they had him, they probably drafted him. Yeah, my uh, my knowledge of him started with him um, being a Brewer. He was signed as free agent by them in 2007, and that was his only year in the organization, I guess, 2007. Mm. Um, there you go. Did not pitch at the major league level that year. Yeah, he was a minor league guy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cy Young winning R.A. Dickey. Yes, exactly. And Cy Young winning Jake Arrieta. Yeah, <laughs> good good point. Yeah. Uh, those former Cy Youngs playing for Yeah, the- all the ones that we could have had. And then we do have one, and then we just decided to piss him off. <laughs> over seven hundred and forty thousand dollars yeah i i was uh reading something on uh i think uh, espn or whatever it was earlier and uh they were talking like the most interesting player and corbin burns was a listed one there and they're like yeah you know the last uh the last brewers pitcher to put up back-to-back the, like the bat, last brewers starter to put up back-to-back seasons with a sub three era teddy higuera and it's been a while since Teddy Higuera pitched, and they're like, yeah, you know, maybe uh, taking your best pitcher in 40 years to arbitration over 750K wasn't the best strategy. I'm like, you think? <laughs> it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Yeah, that that is de- that is it, a freaking understatement of the year. Yeah. We'll see if God. it works out for him. It did not. It did not. It worked out very poorly. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. So, and now we're going down the throat with Adamus, who wishes he could stay here, but knows he won't. Yay! Fun times to be a Brewers fan. But hey, Cactus League games start on Saturday. So we will have actual games back in our lives. And boy, do we need that. Because it has been so long, and there's just too much off-the-field stuff that we've been talking about that is just too depressing. I just want to watch baseball. Right. And it's finally about to be here. Yes. We we earned this, everyone. We went through an offseason of mostly not signing anyone until we finally did, kind of. Um, had some, trades, some trades, though. Had some annoying arbitration things happen. We, we've, we've been through a little bit, haven't we, everyone? Yes. So we, we've earned these games, and it'll, it'll, be, it'll be fun to start watching. It'll be fun, interesting to see what happens with um, the whole TV deal. We didn't even get into that. Scratch that service with uh, Sinclair Media, which owns Valley Sports Wisconsin, filing for bankruptcy. There's a chance that MLB ends up taking that over if if they can't pay. Uh, if that's the case, then MLB ends up being responsible for distributing the product. That could potentially lift blackouts. That could have an effect on revenue sharing. Like, there's a lot. Um, that could go into that. I'm hoping that it happens and does lift the blackout because then uh, so much more of our Brewers friends 
have access then to the actual Brewers games. Probably going to have to pay for it a little bit, but you know what? If you can actually get what you pay for, that's totally worth it. Um, it's a big if, yeah. though. <laughs> What's that? That's a big if, though. That is actually getting if. what you pay for there. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's a whole nother debacle. That, that's a whole nother can of worms uh, over there that uh, is a conversation for another time. Because we are out of time uh, on this week's uh, episode of the Cold Brew Podcast. Uh, we'll be back again next week, and we'll have some games to analyze. We'll have seen guys on the mound. We'll have seen guys hit. We'll have all this fun stuff. Um, and uh, as we get ready for regular season, it's going to be fun. And next time we talk, it's going to be March. Can you believe it? We're coming yeah. up on March already. I'll take it. That means the regular that's, season. Th- is- then we are coming up on the month of opening day. That's right. Opening day, March 30th. There it is. coming up fast not fast enough but coming up fast (laughs) all right that'll do it for us thank you for listening this has been the cold brew podcast